Hey everyone, and welcome back to the multidimensional journey. This is your host, Ayahuasca Carr. And today we have the privilege and pleasure of having our guest, Michael Stone, uh, the founder of Neurodynamic Breathwork and a certified holotropic breathwork facilitator. And we are diving deep into his journey and how he found breathwork and so much more. So please stay tuned. But first, we will hear from our sponsors. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the multidimensional journey. This is your host, Ayahuasca Carr. And we have the incredible Michael Stone here with us today. We are so privileged and honored to have you here. Uh, Michael Stone has had quite uh, the journey and career in the field of breathwork. He got trained in holotropic breathwork um, back in 2005. Am I getting that right? Yes. Yes, yes. And he's been facilitating holotropic breathwork in Los Angeles for many, many years. And then he um, created his own online breathwork brand called Neurodynamic Breathwork. And he created that in 2018. And we get to hear about all of this stuff today. And we're super, super excited. So yeah, feel free to add on to the intro that I just did, Michael, and say hello. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Yes, and um, yes. I'm very excited to uh, have this conversation with you today. Yeah. And part of it is just because, as you'll hear in a moment, um, my first really expanded state of awareness experience was with ayahuasca. Yes. And, and that's what ultimately led me to breathwork. I'll go into that a little deeper. Yeah. But um, yeah, so, so there's really a definite connection mm. between the two and even in the way it works in the brain and in yeah. some of the ex types of experiences you can have. Ooh, yes. But, yeah. Okay, awesome. And that is one of the reasons. I'm so glad you started off with that because that is one of the reasons why I've been researching a lot of different types of breath work and I came across you and I actually found you, I'm trying to remember, I found you on a YouTube uh, video and you mm -hmm. did like a holotropic session with somebody and um, somehow the ayahuasca was mentioned too. And I was like, wow, this is like super, super incredible. Um, so yeah, you wanna take us through that story? Like how, how that all happened with some of the ayahuasca and then when you came back home and how you translated like what you wanna do with breath work? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, please. So, um, well actually I'll, I'll take you back a little further with For the whole sure. story because th then you'll great. be able to see like some of the differences that breath mm -hmm. work's made in my life from things that happened in childhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, I was uh, born in California, but both my parents were German, and I had a fairly uh, uneventful childhood, and grew up, and then, in my mind, like my parents' relationship, that was the only relationship I saw, that was my model. Yeah. So I wanted to be just right. like my dad, because I thought he was amazing, he went to work every day, he you know, took care of us, and, and my mom too. So I, I already had in my mind how my life was going to be laid out. Mm. I was going to get married. I was going to have two kids, just like my parents did. I was going to have kids about when I was 32, 33. So I'd be the right age. So I already had this all unconsciously laid right. out, e even to the point that my father was an engineer. So I was going to be an engineer. Got it. That, that was already, even though I wasn't consciously making those decisions, that was already the pathway that I had laid out for myself. Mm-hmm. 
And so I started on that pathway and I went to school. I did get a chemical engineering degree. Right. And uh, then got a business degree and things were going very well in the uh, business arena. Yes. And on, but on the other side of it, on my personal life in more of the area that was more hard oriented, like relationship. Right. Complete disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept getting into these relationships and they wouldn't last very long and they would break up generally in a fairly dramatic manner. Sure. <laughs> and I always kept thinking, you know, I'm smart. I can figure this out. Cause I was, I was figuring everything out in school and business and starting businesses. And, but I just couldn't figure out this relationship thing. Sure. So in my mind though, I could figure it out. I was smart enough. Right. Right. And I kept thinking, okay, I'm not picking the right women. Right. So there's, there's something wrong with my choosing mechanisms that I've just got to fix. Yeah. And what I didn't see back then was, which I, which became much clearer later is that in all these failed relationships, there was one common factor and it wasn't the women. It was me. Right. Sure. I was the problem, not them. So right, I, right. But I totally didn't see that at the time. Right. Right. So, so I kept going on with my life, um, business, good relationships, not so good. Sure. And then I got promoted. I went to the East coast. I was in an engineering job, chemical engineering, mm -hmm. ended up going to Europe and then coming back and starting my own company. Mm. And so everything was going great. And, at, yeah. the, at the point where my parents got married, when they were sure. like 32, in my unconscious mind, time to get married. Got it. So I ended up uh, getting married to the girl I happened to be with when I was at 32. Right. And for all of your viewers, it's not a good idea to have an idea of what time you want to get married at and just choose the person in front of you. That doesn't work well. So. <laughs> At least it didn't work well good, for me. Good piece of advice, I think. So that lasted about a year and a half or so. And then mm. that exploded very dramatically mm -hmm. also. Yeah. And at, at that point, it's like it kind of exploded this whole vision that I had for my life. Mm. I was off my track. And oh. then I had to really start looking at, well, where did these things come from? Mm. You know, do I really want to get married? Do I want to have kids? You know, do I want to work in a big company like my father did? you know, and right. kind of retire. And I started to see that some of the stuff wasn't really what I wanted to do. So I started to make changes in my life. Like I started my own company, you know, versus working for someone else's company. Right. And because I really had to rethink things from scratch for mm -hmm, myself. Mm -hmm. And so that was really awesome because I really liked being an entrepreneur and starting up businesses and kind of creating things from nothing. Right. It was just something that I just loved and being able to find out what people needed and being able to provide a service that would make their lives easier and better. So yeah. I felt like I was, I was contributing, Definitely. but relationships I'm still no go. <laughs> so, sure. Sure. Yeah. And, and then at a certain point, uh, it was around 2003 or four. Sure. Um, there was a woman that I wanted to date, but she was still living with her ex-boyfriend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I knew I couldn't date her unless I got her out of there somehow. <laughs> And so, so at a certain point, she said, um, you know what, I've always wanted to go to Peru and right. see pink dolphins. Mm -hmm. Now, I had no idea what a pink dolphin was or even if that existed. Right. But, but if, if I could get her away for a week, I figured, okay, yeah, let's go to Peru. Right, to right. Hang out with her for a week without the ex-boyfriend being around. Right. And to really explore whether, 
you know, there was a possibility of something going somewhere with her. Right, right. So I didn't go down to Peru to do ayahuasca. That was, I didn't right. even know what ayahuasca was. So For sure. But when I got there, you know, before we went out into the rainforest to, um, we, we went down there to, on the Amazon River to a friend of hers, uh, land that they bought just to preserve the, the river, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, right when we were getting ready to go out, uh, this lady who was organizing it said, would you like a local shaman to go out with you? So I'm going, sure, why not? Bring him along. This little guy about 4'10", <laughs> didn't speak any English. Yeah, bring him. What the heck? So right. First night, he comes to us and he goes, uh, would you two like to participate in this religious ceremony we do down here? And I never say yes to something like that. I have to know what the details are. So, right. You know, so I'm going, well, what's involved? So through a translator, he goes, oh, it's very simple. I go out into the rainforest mm. and I find this vine and this leaf. I bring them all back. I wow. put them into this pot. I boil them up and you drink it. Wow. And now the chemical engineer in me is going no freaking way. Right. It's like you mix 0.52 grams of this and point, you don't like drink a witch's brew a four-hour canoe ride from any hospital. <laughs> right. So I'm getting ready to tell them we're not interested. But then this right. woman I came with, she goes, oh, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, what do I do now? It's like right. I spent all this time and money to spend some time with her. And she's right. going to think I'm a complete wimp and a total wet blanket if I say no. Right, right. So I've got this kind of logical part of my brain and this other part of my brain that are fighting, basically. Totally. <laughs> Totally. And so finally, ultimately, I'm going, okay, if I'm going to die, it's in the rainforest. At least it's a beautiful area. You know, I'm, I'm good with my life so far. It's, it's all okay. Totally. So I just kind of said, okay, let's go. You know, normally I would never do something like that. It wasn't kind of in my way of being just to kind of go with right. the flow at that point. Right. But, um, but I did it. And I had this amazing experience. It was wow. really the first time that I'd ever felt this connection to the universe it's hard to describe even like just being dissolved into everything sure and because i'd always felt like it was kind of like me against the world and i had to protect mm. myself and yeah and you know totally. I could only, the only people i could count on was my family that's it yeah and so this is the first time that I, oh my god maybe i've been seeing this the wrong way it's like if i can have an experience like this there's got to be something to it so right so when I got back from Peru, I right. knew I couldn't go. To, I knew I couldn't go down to Peru every week to have to have an ayahuasca experience. Right, right. So I started to explore. Okay, if there is a way to have an experience like that with a substance, right. the receptors are there in my brain. So there must be other ways to activate those receptors to have similar types of experiences in mm -hmm. a more natural way. Right. And that's what kind of put me on a pathway to do, to explore different modalities, to try to see what I resonated with or didn't. Right. And one of the things that I explored was, was breath work. Wow. And there's many, many different types of breath work and they all have different purposes and they were all mm -hmm. developed in different ways. And I was looking for one that was developed in at least a quasi scientific way. Sure. And so I finally landed on, holotropic breathwork, which was developed by a psychiatrist, Dr. Stan Groff, who, who was a, a scientist in essence. Yes. And he developed holotropic breathwork based on his experiences with LSD psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And where he'd seen that, first of all, going into these expanded states of awareness, 
Yeah. Back then he called them non-ordinary states of consciousness. Right. He saw it were, was incredibly healing for his clients and patients. And in many times he could actually get to things with them that he hadn't been able to get to in years of talk therapy. Right. It's kind of, they were just more open and their defenses were down and, and he could mm -hmm. connect with them in a very different way. And they could access things that weren't necessarily accessible to them in their unconscious during right. regular therapy. Yeah. So, and the one interesting thing that he saw was that he brought later mm -hmm. as they were starting to drop out of their experiences. Mm. One of the things they would tend to do is to start doing deeper breathing to hold themselves into the experience mm. or towards the end to kind of keep the experience sure. going. So that was a very interesting thing he noticed that he used later when he was trying to figure out for himself how to develop other ways to access these, these healing states. Sure. So after they banned LSD, he started doing research and researched what historical societies had done to access these expanded states mm -hmm. and also study modern consciousness theory. Mm -hmm. And what he mm -hmm. found was that there were two threads that went through everything. And one was some type of sound mm. and the other was the breath. Wow. And in, in the way that, for instance, in shamanic societies, there's right. drumming or rattling, mm -hmm. you know, that allows the, the shaman to drop into these trance states. Right. Um, in Buddhist meditation, you're watching the breath, you're working with the breath. So mm -hmm, he found mm -hmm. that those were two threads that in at least a majority of traditional societies were common ways to access these states. Right. So that's what he started with. And then mm -hmm. he started working with groups of people at Esalen to try to put together a breath and sound in a way that would allow people to drop as deeply as possible into these expanded states wow. in the structure of a one-day workshop. Yeah. And that's ultimately how holotropic breathwork was born and where they use music and there are three hour breathing sessions right. where the music follows a specific trajectory and you actually work with sitters where there's a person mm -hmm. sitting next to you to hand you water, to hand you tissues. And so there's a, there's a whole structure that he developed that is an all day experience that was able to allow people to safely drop into these experiences and have these same types of experiences that you can have with uh, entheogens in many wow. times. So I took my first holotropic breathwork session, had an amazing experience and I was completely sold. Wow, wow. <laughs> and so, so that's, how it's, that's how my journey started. Wow, wow, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, when, when you had that experience with holotropic breathwork, after you did all this research, right? And you like, you were really motivated in these incredible ways, it sounds like. Yeah, to be able to um, have, uh, you, you said, an experience of dissolving, which is, is so, I've experienced that in the breathwork space and many medicine uh, experiences mm -hmm. too. But um, yeah, did, what did you think about that? Like, was that, you were like, wow, like this is, like ayahuasca or what, what, were, what were some of your experiences initially? Well, there were some of my breathwork experiences that were very similar to ayahuasca, but yeah. there were some that were quite different. Sure. And so what I found was that the range of experiences was wider in breathwork, for me at least. Mm, mm, and yes. for example, you do have those type of experiences that um, Stan Groff would call transpersonal. Mm -hmm, we feel connected mm -hmm. to the universe, you feel dissolved, right. um, or in many cases where you can actually, um, for example, 
feel like you're seeing what's happening with a relative in another part of the world and then you call them and it was actually happening kind of thing right right so where you can never have in your normally encapsulated body (laughs) but there's also many other types of experiences in breath work for instance um at least first time breathers many times start with body releases Mm-hmm. And every time you have a emotion that you suppress back into your body, mm-hmm. there is always this kind of bioenergetic blockage that's attached to it. Yeah. And if you don't do any work to release those kind of blockages, it starts to really play havoc with your health right. and with the energy level that you have during the day. Right. You know, because your your body needs this energy to keep your immune system strong. It needs it in order to when you wake up in the morning to have you feel vibrant and alive. Right, right, right. And so if it has to struggle constantly through these blockages, it's using most of its energy for that. And that's when you find you wake up in the morning, even after a good night's sleep. And rather than, yes, I'm ready to face the day. It's like, where's my coffee? I can't wake up, you know? Right. So many times that's first order of business and breath work. So it's where you actually get these, Sometimes you'll get uh, your body getting hot or cold or Mm -hmm. various things happening in the body where it's releasing this like stuck energy. And afterwards, you just feel really relaxed. And it's just this amazing release that your body has of things that it's been holding for years or sometimes decades. So there's a different range of possibilities, at least for me. And again, I only did um, ayahuasca a couple of times, so I, I didn't experience the whole range of possibilities that ayahuasca can offer but sure. in breath work there was like visuals you get sometimes but not yeah, always totally um you know sometimes you can go back into your past and see things from a different perspective like mm-hmm. from an adult mind perspective than from when you were a child sure. sometimes you can have what we call rebirthing experiences where you can re-experience yes. part or all of the birth process mm-hmm. but there's really a wide range of possibilities of experiences and the underlying principle in breath work is that Everybody has what, I mean, I call her, call it mm. an inner guiding intelligence. Right. Stan Groff called it an inner healer. But it's in essence, this part of our psyche that's connected to this kind of universal field of information sure. where you already have all of the answers that you need within. Mm. You don't have to go out into the outside world to find out what your purpose in life is or, or how to work with things that are blocking you or how to release these energy blockages in your body. Your inner guiding intelligence already has the answers. We're just normally very, very disconnected from mm. that quiet, quiet inner voice. Mm-hmm. This constant chatter that we have in our ego mind. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that breath work does is through a faster, deeper breathing mm-hmm. and through music that's playing, right. it allows you to quiet the ego mind. Right. And where it's kind of like, not that it's you're not knowing what's going on, but it's off to the side watching instead of constantly commenting and judging. Mm-hmm. Right. And the interesting thing is that I found out as I researched this more, because I am a bit of a science geek, so I, I love looking yeah. at the science of things, is that the current theory is, is that breath work works mm-hmm. in, a, in a very similar way in the brain to entheogens psychedelics. Right, right. In that when you do the breathing that's faster and deeper, it creates certain changes in your blood it makes it more mm-hmm. alkaline and it creates changes in the percentage of blood flows to various parts of your brain right. and one of the areas that has less activity is a part of the brain that's called the default mode network mm. which includes your frontal cortex and 
they've studied that through fMRI. So they actually yes. they did research studies on it. Mm -hmm. And that's the part of your brain that's responsible for these mental constructs of self and ego. Right, right. And that's part of what's happening to you physiologically that supports the process. And they've found that same type of thing when they do fMRIs for people that are on these entheogen journeys or psychedelic wow. journeys. Right, absolutely. So there are some similarities in terms of what's actually happening in your body, which is right. which I found very, very interesting. I, absolutely interesting. Um, you're saying so many incredible things. Um, yeah, I wanted to go back to what you talked about, um, about the emotional and cathartic releases that happen a lot with beginner uh, breath workers, uh, maybe even seasoned ones too, because I feel like you're accumulating stuff almost every day, you know? Yes. Um, and yeah, I thought there was something really to maybe share more about some things that you've witnessed in other people or even yourself. Um, I think a lot of people can agree, like as a society, um, as a country, we, we can be pretty emotionally constipated. And breath work is one of those things I love, you know, it, it bypasses the mind and goes into that autonomic nervous system. And man, I've had uh, some pretty mind-blowing experiences with with the help of plant teachers, but um, but in the breathwork space too, where I just, you know, I lose it, quote unquote, with uh, just crying, and I don't really always have a story attached to it. You know, it's just a release, or I'm shaking, mm -hmm. um, and it's been very cathartic and incredible. So if you could share maybe some stories about what you've witnessed, that you're like, wow, that is just amazing whether it was in holotropic or neurodynamic or whether yeah. with yourself too for me personally the the yeah. two types of experiences that have been the most powerful for me in breath work mm. the, the first is being able to actually go back into my own past and see things from a different perspective and reframe things yeah, absolutely and that can completely change your entire life and i'll talk more about that in a moment but the second yeah. one is these cathartic emotional releases. Mm -hmm. And we are taught from childhood that it's not okay to release right. emotions, especially negative ones with the society, like anger. It's like no one wants to right. be around an ang angry person. Exactly. You know, everybody kind of moves back and runs the other mm -hmm. way. So, mm -hmm. so we suppress it and hide it under other emotions that are more acceptable, like it could be sadness or something. Because if you right. come up with sadness, people will come and say, oh, you poor thing. Right. Versus if you come up with anger, they're going to run. So right. mm -hmm. it's a very cultural thing and it's really unhealthy. Mm -hmm. So it really takes something, some effort to break through that cultural conditioning of it's right. not okay to release emotions. Right, right, yeah. And the problem is when you suppress them, they do ultimately get released, but they get released in very inappropriate ways and inappropriate manners. Sure. Like sometimes you can be in a business meeting and someone gets you upset and all of a sudden you just explode. Right. And you go, where did that come from? Right, right. Because it wasn't a big deal, but it's like this ball yes. of energy that's just ready to come out. Mm -hmm. And you keep pushing back into your system, pushing back into your system. Yeah. So it can destroy point. a relationship. You know, it can destroy a job at work when something mm -hmm. like that happens. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's the first um, wow. problem that can happen with, with suppressing emotions. And the second thing is it just takes an incredible toll on your body to mm. suppress anger, to have right. this suppressed energy inside of you 
you know, in terms of the chemicals that it releases in your body, in terms of the energy that it takes your body to keep these things suppressed on a constant basis. And again, it's the kind of the Western model. So it's not something that uh, we make a conscious decision about. Mm -hmm. And even in the Western medical model, Right. And, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm against medicine. Medicine yeah, has yeah. made some incredible 100%. breakthroughs mm-hmm. that sometimes people really need stuff with, and with healing, with cancer, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I think virtually half the country is on either antidepressants or anti-anxiety pills. Sure. And the problem is, at least from my perspective, you know, when you go into the doctors, they've got right. 15 minutes with you. Right. And they want to make you out and get out of there and have you functional. That's right. their main goal. And so you take a pill, you suppress. And, but you have to keep taking the pills to keep suppressing. Right, right. You know, and so it never gets to the yeah. root cause. It right, never gets right. it down to why, or why do you feel depressed? Why do you feel anxious? Right. In breath work, you dive in and see what's causing it. And once right. you release the underlying cause, right. then it doesn't come back. And you right. don't have to keep suppressing it and suppressing it and suppressing it. Right. So one of the fundamental principles is the only way beyond something is to go through, is yes. to actually experience it for yourself in your body. And once you experience it, yeah. then it can release, then right. it can go. Right, right. It just wants to be felt. It's just this stuff that's begging you, please just feel me right. so, I can, so I can leave. You know, yeah. can, don't keep pushing me back. So 100%. So breathwork opens that on the emotional plane. Mm-hmm. so that you can actually feel the emotions that you've been holding in and letting them come through in a very healthy way mm-hmm. and release out of your body so they don't create havoc with your body and control you in the future in, in very mm-hmm. unhealthy ways. Right, 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 yeah. You know, and ultimately, you're going to start having physical symptoms of problems if you keep those suppressed emotions. 100%. You know, where you're going to get sick. You're going to get, like your body can only handle it for so long. When you're right. 18 or 19, your body can handle almost anything. Mm-hmm. You know, almost anything you push, push at it, you can do all nighters. You can do this, right. you can do that, and your body can recover. But as you get older, it's not the same. And you have right. to be much more conscious of taking care of yourself. Yeah. And one of the ways you can take care of yourself is by really processing the emotions that come and working with them and getting down to the cause of them, dealing with the cause and releasing them in a healthy way. Right. And the, so the other kind of critical experience for me is this reframing experience. Right. And one of my first major breathwork breakthroughs had to do with getting to the bottom of why I couldn't have healthy relationships, which mm. I could, couldn't figure out in like 45 years of life. Sure. And so what I saw was in a couple of my breathworks, I went back to my childhood, you know, yeah. visually, that's kind of what happens yeah. sometimes. And what I saw was that I went back to the scene where my mom both mm-hmm. my mom and my and my dad are German Jews who just barely escaped with their lives from Nazi Germany. And my mom's family was really embedded in Germany. Like her mm-hmm. father had uh, gotten the Iron Cross in World War I for saving like hundreds of lives. Sure. And my one of my ancestors had uh, paid Napoleon to go around a village so they wouldn't burn wow. it down and kill everybody. Wow. So they were like heroes in Germany. And, wow. and then they had to run for their life just from like a a few years to the next it wasn't like slowly over a period of time right. my mom's friends were started to throw rocks at her and stuff like that it was like they were completely um ostracized from society right. just within a couple of years wow and so when i heard this story my parents didn't say this to me consciously but i made an unconscious decision that the world is an unsafe place 
And that changed everything. So it was a situation where once I made that decision, my entire life started to be run around the world as an unsafe place. Right. And so, so what that meant was obviously if I go into a relationship Mm -hmm. and I consider that it's not safe to be open with the other person, Mm -hmm. how can you possibly have a successful relationship? Sure. Because I can never really open up. Right. And the other, like the women I was with, they wanted to have a successful relationship. They wanted to have a really open relationship with me and I was driving them crazy because they couldn't get in. It was this unconscious conditioning about the world being an unsafe place that was keeping me from really opening up. But but I never saw that because it was all unconscious and it was all from childhood. It was buried under layers of memories. Right, right. So once I saw that and I saw that it was just this decision that I'd made as a four or five-year-old, I was going, oh my God, this five-year-old's running my life and keeping me from from having successful relationships. What am I doing here? And so once I saw what the cause was, I didn't have to be at the effect of it anymore. I said, you know what? I can make different choices as an adult. Mm -hmm. Is that really true that the world is an unsafe place? And I started to see, no, it hasn't been like that. I've been incredibly taken care of in my life. You know, I've been incredibly lucky. It's not like the world has been against me. It's like the world has been for me. It's been supporting me. It hasn't been fighting against me. Right, right. And once I shifted that, it shifted everything in my relationships. And they just started to change the new relationships. And, you know, the first one wasn't successful, but it wasn't because I wasn't being open. There were other issues. Sure, sure. And then ultimately, I've landed in a relationship now, which is like nine years, which is about seven and a half years longer than I've ever had a relationship before. And it's been just a completely different experience. Right. So anytime you have something unconscious, which is kind of running your life, which right. all of us do, right. breathwork is an opportunity to go back and reframe that experience in a way that's more supportive of you and of what you want in your life. Right. And you start to see what really happened, you know, yeah. versus this, mm-hmm. what, what a five-year-old child thought happened. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So many, yeah, you said so many incredible things. Where do I begin? I, um, you know, you really mentioned a lot of like, uh, like somatic stuff, like how breath work helps like with anger, you know, and giving someone a place, all of us, I have anger, we all have anger. It's, it's totally okay. Right. And having a place where you can appropriately express that. Right. So you don't end up like vomiting on your partner or something, (laughs) you know, so being able to finish that cycle right? Um, From like a very fight or flight, um, you know, primal place, right? Maybe not so much from a trauma place, but from a place of like, that's just natural and it's okay. And like, we can feel those emotions um, in therapeutic ways. And I, I mean, in my, from my experience, you know, breathwork has been an, an incredible way like an outlet, you know, not just from, from a functional angle, but also like how you mentioned, like going to the past and like, being able to see possibilities that just you, I like how you said reframe, like um, they, I really didn't even think were there. I was like, holy shit, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, you know, and sometimes, and sometimes it's kind of a rude awakening. You know what I'm saying? You're like, shit, I did not see that, you know, and being able to have these more expansive states and like, oh, be like, oh, this is something to, to learn from, to integrate from now and getting like all this wonderful data that I didn't have before. Um, 
So I really like how you mentioned about the, the somatic releases and how it's a, a appropriate place for anger. Yeah. And being able, you know, to take, to take that core belief, I'm unsafe and totally shift that. Right. Um, is huge for people, right. Um, to, it changes yeah. everything. Yeah. You lead your life from a space that the universe is working for me instead of to me. It changes mm-hmm. everything. And right, for, right. for me, it, it just completely changed my whole life. Absolutely. You know, I started to reinterpret things that were happening to me in a very different way. Mm. And, you know, like, for no, instance, exactly one of the saying. things that um, I've been upset with my parents about, like mm. when I first went to school when I was four or five years old, yeah, um, they, they taught me German when I was a kid because wow. they wanted me to be bilingual. Yeah. But when I went to school, I didn't speak any English. Right, so, right. You know, like the other kids who couldn't understand anything what I was saying, they were like making fun of me and laughing at me. And I really kind of in my mind associated that with, oh, I'm very introverted. It was because of my parents. They should have taught me English first. You know, why do they teach me German? It's like, so I had this kind of resentment that I had. Yes. And once I, Mm. I changed my worldview to the world is happening for me instead of to me, that completely shifted too. Because what Mm -hmm. I saw was that learning German as a first language has made an incredible difference in my life. For instance, in my job, one of the reasons that I was able to get promoted into an amazing job in Europe was because I knew French. And learning languages just came incredibly easy to me because I'd learned two languages when I was a child. If I hadn't have done that, I probably wouldn't have gotten that job. My life would have been completely different. Right. So it, it shifted from blaming my parents to just thanking them more. You know, yeah. Appreciating, you know, that, that, that had happened. So all these things are starting totally. to shift in my head about how I was interpreting things, because when you change your worldview, mm-hmm. your brain actually changes the facts of your past. Absolutely. And, and that's kind of, for most people are going, what? No, the past is fixed. It's no. not fixed. Right, right. And it's kind of, they, for example, they did a study where they had a uh, hundred people where they, gave them a survey of end of life decisions. Sure. You know, like if you were on a ventilator, would you want to live or would not want to die? That kind of mm-hmm. thing. A year later, they gave the same study to the same people. And right. about 25% of the people changed their minds. And out of those 75% of the people insisted that they'd answered the same way the year before. Mm. And even when they were showed the paper where they didn't, they said, no, that can't be my signature. Mm. So their brain, once they changed their worldview, had started to reorient their past to agree with their right. worldview because the brain hates dissonance. So once you right. change the way you see the world, it's not just, you're not just changing who you are in the moment, you're changing your past and you're changing your future because your brain projects your future based on your past. 100%. So it's incredibly powerful. And that's one of the major experiences that is available in breathwork. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and that is, um, you know, not just from a breathwork perspective, but that's, I mean, that's in, in my world of therapy land, if you can call it uh, EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy has a whole beautiful theory by Francine Shapiro, who says the same thing. If you can change your present and process something differently, it changes everything. The somatics of it, how it sits mm-hmm. in your body how you relate to your environment. So, you know, just going back to your example, going from I'm unsafe to I'm safe and beyond, you know, just it's, it's absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, go for it. 
And getting back to the whole thing yeah. about releasing emotions. Yes. One of the principles mm. of the breath work that I do is what we call taking it vertical. Mm. And what that means is that when you have an emotion, people generally project the cause of the emotion onto something that happened in the outside world. Mm -hmm. So they blame someone or something for creating that emotion in them. Right. So for instance, if you're in a relationship and someone says, your partner says something and you get angry, you would go, you made me angry. Why'd you say yeah. that? Right. You know, and it's just a mechanism of mind that that's how the mind works. It doesn't take right. responsibility for its emotional states. Right, right. And the reality is, if you really take a step back and think about it, mm -hmm. it can't be true because the same thing happens and people respond completely differently to it. Absolutely. Like for instance, if someone cuts in front of one person in traffic, right. they, it won't bother them at all. But the next right, right. person might get furious and be ready to like, right. you know, like push their car into the person and almost bang their car. They're so mad. They're so upset. Right. And the reality is, is that it, it has nothing to do with actually happened. It has to do with the story you created around what happened and the meaning you're interpreting it. So when someone cuts in front of someone in traffic, if they interpret it as you're disrespecting me, they're going to get upset. Right. If they have a different interpretation, they may not get upset at all. Right, right. And, and that's the same thing with relationships. You're, you're creating a meaning like right. the other person doesn't care about me or the other person's not listening to me right. or you know, whatever it is, that's what makes totally. you angry. Right. And so if you can start to bring the, this principle of breath work, which is taking it vertical so that when you have an emotion, like let's say if you're doing in-person breath work, something mm -hmm. else happens in the room and you have an emotion around it, rather than projecting the cause of it onto the other person, taking responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. Just a quick example. Yes, please. There was this woman who was breathing and mm -hmm. this guy next to her started to make these crazy sounds. Like, uh -huh. uh, 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 you know, like, yeah. and so it jarred her out of her process. She was in this kind of very blissful space and, right. and cause the guy was about six feet away from her. Right. And so her first inclination, the anger came up. It's right. like, why did I have to be next to this guy? I could have been anywhere else in the room. Oh right. my God. It was like, this guy's totally messing with my experience. Right. And then she remembered what we, what we told her, which is when you have emotional state, take it vertical work with right. what's happening inside. It's never about the other person. Right, right, right. And once she started to do that, it took her into a totally different experience where she went back to her childhood, where her younger brother, who was autistic, made similar kinds of sounds. Mm -hmm. And the anger wasn't really about this guy. What it was, was about her parents who were at work most of the time, mm. always was, were having her take care of her little brother. Wow. So she never had a childhood. She could never play. She could oh, never wow. go out with other kids. She yeah. was always like her younger brother's caretaker. Right. And she just had this suppressed anger at her parents for stealing her childhood, basically. Mm. And so she dove into that and just released, had this incredible release around that, that completely right. shifted her life afterwards. Right, right. And that would have never happened if she hadn't have just worked with the emotion inside, like we told her to, and just totally. projected it onto the other person. Yeah. So she used it in an empowering way instead of a disempowering way. Absolutely. You know, whenever you're projecting the cause onto the outside world, you're making yourself a victim of something that's in the outside world. Right. And that's why I call the breath work that I do, which is now I do mostly neurodynamic breath work, mm -hmm. um, as a breath work of radical self-empowerment. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you, you start to really feel like you're in control of your life, like you have the answers within.
and you start to take responsibility for these emotional states. Right. And when you start to take the principles of breathwork, that's just one of them. There are many into, back into your world. Right. It can just completely transform your relationships, mm-hmm. um, your, your family relationships, your romantic relationships, your friendships. And the people around you sometimes get stunned because like mm-hmm. <clears throat> when, I mean, just as an example, like for sure. me, where I used to get upset with another person in a relationship and then sure. I started to switch and I, I got angry, but instead of blaming, I just took a deep breath. And right. instead of getting angry with the other person, I would just say, thank you for being my teacher in this moment. Thank you. And started to work with what was going on inside and had these amazing insights about what was really coming up. What That's meaning beautiful. was I attaching to it? So that completely shifted my relationships. Just, just right. working with that one principle of breath work and bringing it back into my life. And right, there's right. many, many more. Wow. So it's kind of like a circle. You can take breath work back into your life. And then sometimes what's happening in your life goes into breath work to resolve. So it's just this totally. beautiful beautiful circle that gets created. Yeah. I love how you talk about empowering yourself. And you said something earlier that I feel like is it kind of is mirroring what you're saying right now is like life is happening for me, not to me. What is, what is here for me to learn from? What is trying to be taught to me right now? And um, practicing that is really, like you said, it's empowering and you, you learn a hell of a lot more when you do that. Right. And you waste a lot less energy. But it's definitely, it's definitely a practice, you know, getting into that mindset versus, um, I know at least for me, like sometimes my, I want to like go there. I can like feel it coming up and it's like, okay, you know, taking that step back and just be like, okay, what's, what's happening on a deeper level right now? And yeah, well, it's, it's a challenge because most mm-hmm. people have done that their entire lives. Right. So, so there's, there's this neural pathway. If you right. want to go to the neuroscience of it, there's right. a neural pathway to, to respond like that. Totally. And it's, it's a very strong neural pathway because you keep reinforcing it Absolutely. every time you do it. So it, it does take a lot of consciousness right. and a lot of presence right. to step in and to really, it takes commitment. So it's not like breath like work that. is a magic pill. Commitment. Yeah. yeah. You know, once you get these insights into breath work, you have to do the work in your life. Yes. It doesn't, oh, okay. It's just, okay, I'm done now. I wish, so, man. It's yeah. not like that, though. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. I've tried every which way. It doesn't work. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like in the Matrix where you, if you take the blue pill or the red pill, all of a sudden everything changes. You've got yeah. to go back and actually do, the, do work. the work. And when you catch yourself going there, you just step back in that moment. Yep. And at first, you don't catch yourself. Right. You just look back afterwards. Oh, I did it again. But as you get more conscious sure. of it, it gets That's closer and closer to when yes. you actually do it. So finally, in the moment, you can catch it. I like but it, that. It, it is a practice. Yeah. You know, of actually, anything you want to change in your life is a practice, and you've got to put commitment and effort and energy into it. Absolutely. 100%. But it's totally worth it because it shifts your life. It is worth it. That is, that's, that is something to affirm for everyone who's watching this. <laughs> um, so, hey, um, this, is, this is good. Take us through like a neurodynamic breathwork session. Would you be open to that? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, the process of it, you know. Sure, yeah. And then they can go to the website and get an offering too. Yeah, and actually first, if you're okay with it, I want to kind of go into how how I developed it. Yes, that'd be great. That's another benefit of breathwork that's quite common. Yes. Um, In holotropic breathwork, Mm -hmm. it's done in person, all day events, three hour breathing sessions. Right. You have to do it in these large, large venues because it, you know, 
people are laying down and right. you know, sitters and um, it's quite expensive to put on as a result. Right. And you, you need one trained facilitator for every 10 people. So you're flying people in from here or there. It's a huge production. Yeah. And it's an amazing modality. So, you know, anybody that can, has the opportunity to try an in-person holotropic session, you know, go for it. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, the, the issue from my perspective as a facilitator, because once I saw how amazing it was, I went through their two and a half year facilitation program so I could, yeah. you know, facilitate my own workshops, mm-hmm. was that I can work with 40 people, maybe 50 people, 60 mm. people is a lot, even, you know, just to yeah, hold the space is. for that. Sure. So I didn't feel like, I was really able to bring it to the number of people that I thought was necessary in order to accomplish my goal, which is really having an impact on world consciousness, having enough people do breath work so it could really make a difference in the world. Right. And so I felt stuck on that level, even though Mm. the people that were having the experiences were having amazing experiences and influencing their family and their friends, but I didn't feel like it was enough. Sure. And, but I couldn't figure it out because in holotropic, you have to do it in person. That's the rule. Mm. It's part of the structure. So I never even considered doing online breath work. It wasn't even in my consciousness. Um, So in a couple of my breath work sessions at a certain point, I just got this download. You know what? It's like, you've been doing this for eight, nine, 10 years. It's time to bring it to the world. Yeah. You know, it's time to, to take the next leap. And you know, once I got that and I came out of it and I, I really got the sense that that was like my mission in life, so to speak. It was something I was good at. It was something that people got benefit out of mm-hmm. and I felt like really shifted them and, and it shifted them in a way, not where I was doing something to them. This is the most important thing to me right. where they were doing the work themselves. I was just holding the space and opening the possibilities for them to, to kind of just take the step in but they were doing the work and they were starting to connect to this amazing inner power that they have right? where they started to feel more self-empowered and more confident in their own ability to work through things in their life and to move forward. That's what I love about the, about the modality. And so I said, okay, I'm going to, I have to bring this to the world, but Mm -hmm. then well, how? And the more I thought about it, the more I'm going, okay, the only way that this can be done is online. Yeah. if I really want to impact that number sure. of people. But then immediately my brain started going, it's not possible. You know, it's not going to work. And oh, it's really breath work. You can't do it online. You know, right, there right. must be a reason for that. And so all these doubts started to come in. And right. I'm sure everybody's had that where you want to do something that feels like it's a giant leap. And all of a sudden this little inner critic starts totally. to come in and goes, you can't do this. It's not going to yeah. work. You know, you're going to fail. It's, you're going to look yeah. bad. You're going to don't do this. You're going to fall on your face kind of thing. Right. You know, and even beyond the online aspect to it, it's like starting an online business at a time when uh, um, I just recently turned 65. So I'm like, you could call wow. it a citizen. And I'm going, okay. <laughs> and so, so, my, so my brain is going, that's for 20-year-olds starting wow. an online business. And I'm the kind of person that like three years ago, I still had a flip phone where sure. if I wanted to do a text, it was like, most people probably don't even know that these exist. They're so old, I feel like. But <laughs> it's like, okay, I want to do a text. So I need the letter C. So I go to the number one. I have to push it three times to get the C. Oh, so God. it took me about half an hour to do a text. Right, so, right. So I was really not in the wow. um, scheme of things in terms of modern technology uh, or anything like that, or Facebook or Instagram or right. any of those things. 
So it just felt like overwhelming to me. It's like, ah, I'm too old for this. Right. You know, that was another little story that I had in my head. Right. You know, if I was 30, 35, yeah, but, you know, ah, I don't know. And sure. so all those little stories were coming up in my head about why I couldn't do it. Wow. You know, and, and then I'm going, well, you know, part of what makes this holotropic sessions work is people feel this amazing group support and group energy. Right. Can that really work online? You yeah. Know, can, is that possible? So all this stuff was going on in my head. But because I'd gotten this kind of message in breath, mm -hmm. this was mm -hmm. kind of like, I really felt in my heart that this was my mission in life at this point. Right. Part of my purpose. And what I'd learned from neuroscience too, is that once you give your brain a task, if you're just very clear on what you need and what you want, your brain will start to figure it out. Right. And, you know, we, we do a whole other course called train your brain on neuroscience and how to work with that kind of stuff. But that's yeah. one of the things that I learned in doing it. So I just said, okay, I understand my, I knew it was just a mechanism of mind. This inner judge, just, it didn't mean. Right, anything. right, right, right. So I didn't have to like pay attention to it. And the reason I got to there was through breath work where I didn't have to pay attention to that inner critic that constantly said, you can't do this. You can't do that. Right, right. It was just, it was just this mechanism. So I said, okay, brain, I'm giving you this a job. It's going to be our, our mission in life to bring breath work to 10 million people in the next 10 years. Wow. So you go figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And it started to figure it out. So yeah, I, said, totally. okay. <clears throat> I started with doing practice sessions with people that I knew online for a period of months to see what would work and what didn't work. Sure, sure. And to find out how do you allow people to drop into the process and feel safe and feel the group connection in an online structure. Right. And it took me six, seven months to figure it out, working with hundreds of people, but I figured it out. Right, right. And I figured wow. the technology out and I figured out how to post on Facebook and how to post on Instagram and, and wow. how, to do, how, to do, how to set up a, a mail list server and how to do all that stuff. And right. so it was just like once I made a decision and once I made a commitment to do right. it and gave my brain the, the job to make it happen, it just started to happen. Wow. And I don't think I would have ever gone there without having all of these breathwork experiences of seeing that mechanism and how it didn't matter what this inner critic said. It didn't mean right. it. Wow. So, so that's how I developed it. And now it's like oh, wow. uh, two years later and over 40,000 people, I think 48,000 have tried it now. I'm from 120 different countries. And wow. it's just this amazing, beautiful community that's been developed of people that support each other. There's sometimes up to several hundred people or even five, 600 in a workshop. Yeah. It can be smaller. It can be bigger. It just depends. And it just works. And people have these mind blowing experiences. If I and can interject. Yes. <laughs> they truly are. Like, you know, John, Jonathan and I, before you can talk about your neurodynamic training facilitator uh, program as well. But like Jonathan did one of your sessions. He's in your program. Jonathan's my partner. He's in your program for people who don't know. And anyway, um, we did. Yeah, he did one of your sessions and he was like, oh my, he, he got this download. Just like you said, he's like, I want, I was like this guy, like he, he really liked how you did your music you know, and he's all about music. So he really connected with that. And um, yeah, the session totally, totally works. I got a release out of it. I was able to drop in and um, it was, it's incredible. So for anyone who wants to experience that, you know, go to your website and that sort of thing. I, I interrupted, but keep, keep going. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. That's perfect. 
Yeah. So, so basically the, the way a session works is like this. There's the sessions themselves last about two hours. Mm -hmm. and then afterwards there's a sharing circle yeah. where people get to share what they want to from their experiences. And the whole thing is structured to allow people to feel safe, to really open up and dropping in. Because in breath work, you only go as deep as the container allows. You right. know, your psyche will only let you go as deep as it feels safe in going. Right. So it's really up to the facilitator to create the, the safety container right. that, that people can allow themselves to really open up to these experiences. Because right. you know, sometimes they're joyful, sometimes they're quite difficult. Sure. Especially if you're like re-experiencing something from your childhood that wants to be released that was a very difficult experience. Right. Or sometimes you can go through some difficult emotions that you've been holding in. Right. You know, other times it can be transcendent experience. But people have got to open up to allow whatever wants to happen to happen and just let it flow. Right, right. So, so there is a way, a structure to allow people to feel safe. Right. And, you know, that's what I had to learn over a period of nine months, like working with people to see how that sure. happened. Yeah. And the first part is everybody in the first about 30 minutes, I go through all of the basic principles and underlying reasons why it works and how it works and what people might face during the breathwork sessions, what types of experiences right. so that when they do come up, they, they don't like go, ah, what's happening here? This right. is crazy. Right. You know, whether it's like body releases or whatever. So sure. they're completely prepared for whatever might happen. And even though I give people like a PDF to read beforehand, which they say they're going to read. You know, it's always about don't assume people are going to read it. Right, you know, right. It's just like, it's just the way it is. So yeah, yeah. I, I still go over all the main points to make sure that everybody's fully prepared. Right, right. And so, so that's the first piece, which is the preparation. Mm -hmm. There's always three pieces. There's the preparation, the experience, and the integration. Yes. And they all have to be thought through and done in, in a very professional manner and in a way that supports the process. Right, right, right. So, so the second piece is where they're actually going through the breath work. Mm -hmm. And the actual music session is about an hour. Yeah. And I go through the breathing technique. I go through everything with them beforehand. So they're totally prepared. And you can do it either sitting up or laying down. You do it, most people do it in their bedroom, I think, right. it seems like. And um, you just can do it in whatever yeah. you know you can either keep your video on or off so i'm sure some people are in their pajamas or yeah. whatever it is laying in their bed you know Heck yeah. and, that's the and, best part it's in your um, home <laughs> and and so they just close their eyes put in their you, you want to get good sound quality so you want right. to have a nice headset kind of thing mm -hmm. just start breathing and then the music starts and the music just and the breath just carry you through the process in a very beautiful way right and, but again, there, there has to be a safety container and the safety container during the breath work mm -hmm. is that if people ever feel really stuck, they're up against it. Let's say fear comes up and they're, oh, I, mm. I just don't know if I can process through this or, right. or like they feel like nothing's happening. Oh, I'm breathing. What's going on? Nothing happening here. Right. <laughs> it's like they can always just um, open their eyes for a moment and give me a little private message in chat and I'll work mm. with them during the session. Mm -hmm. So if they ever get stuck, so even if they never need that, and ninety-five percent of people don't, right? Even for those ninety-five percent of people, just knowing that I'm there, right. available to them, makes them feel safe and dropping in. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so there's this process. People would have whatever experience they have, mm -hmm, and again, mm -hmm. if they need support, they'll they'll get it. Right, right. And it comes just to a very beautiful, gentle conclusion at the end, and the music, it does follow a trajectory. 
you know, like it starts with music that has a nice beat behind it to kind of support them in starting with the breath. It builds to this kind of energetic peak and then drops into more heart music and integration music at the end, very gentle. Mm -hmm. Then there's a, just a little two, three minute meditation just to bring them back. Right. And then after that, there's the sharing group. Yeah. And the sharing group to me is as important as the breath work itself. Mm -hmm. And it's just this, really inspiring beautiful group of people who are willing to be open and vulnerable in their shares right. to to really say what's going on with them it's and everybody's in a space where they feel safe at that point right you know and we have a rule like there's no audio taping or videotaping so people know it's not going anywhere um there's a rule of confidentiality where they can't repeat things outside of the session and it's all just kind of blended together so people really do feel safe in being themselves and saying whatever wants to come up, even if it's talking about mm. some very, you know, um, difficult thing that happened to them in childhood that came up and sure. it inspires other people to open up. So it's just this community of vulnerability yeah. kind of opening and of compassion mm -hmm. and people can share from their experience and they can also see what's available to them in future experiences from what other people share. Right. You know, they can learn to be present with other people and see where they're, people being present for them. And if they go through something difficult, people support them in chat. You can share either verbally or through chat. Right, right. And it's just this incredibly powerful experience of community. Yeah. And, and the, so, so that comes after the two hours. People can stay for as long as they can or they hmm. can drop out at any point at that point. Yeah. And that's the experience. Yeah, and it's quite lovely. I mean, the words don't, it's, it's, it's one thing to explain it, right? And then it's one thing to go do it. So you should definitely go do it. That's my recommendation. And so how can people find out about where, how can they get their, um, their session with you? So we offer uh, everybody a free first session just so you can check it out and see if it's mm -hmm. something that you resonate with. Yes. And, and again, as uh, I was saying, experiential things, you can talk about them for hours, but really yeah. ultimately the only way is to try it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's so we offer a free first session. You just go to the website, which is uh, breathworkonline.com. And there's yeah. a big button at the top that says try a free breathwork session. Yeah. And we do four or five live sessions every week. Wow. So there's plenty of choices to, yeah. of, you know, when you can make it. It's set up so people in different time zones. We have ones that are really nice for people who live, for instance, live in Europe. Mm -hmm. Whether in the morning in the U.S., there's others that are better for people who live in the U.S. So that everybody who wants to can participate and find a time that works for them. And yeah. I'm the only person in the world that does five live sessions a week of breath work. Because yeah. it's really just important for me in terms of my vision to allow anybody that wants to do it to do it. Right, right. And we have a structure. You can do it from your house. You can do it, um, you know, just on your computer laying in bed. And it's it's very, very reasonable in terms of the price. In fact, people can even, if it's really something is. they really resonate with, they can just do it on a subscription program for a few yeah. dollars a session. And that was part of my vision of anybody that wants to do it, can do it. Yeah. And so you just go in, give it a try, see if you resonate with it. And uh, would love to have you just check it out and, and see what kind of benefits you can get from it yourself. Cause it's different for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And you guys, um, you guys sometimes do the emotional freedom technique too, right? The yeah, we also, yes, we also have other types of, um, and that's the third piece, which is integration from breathwork experiences. Yeah. 
And there's many ways to integrate breath work. For instance, journaling, you know, we, we talk about all yep. of this. Um, sometimes just going out in nature and connecting with the earth is a, is a great way to do it. Sometimes people like to draw afterwards. Yeah. And just whatever wants to come out can be really, can increase your insight into your experience. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people afterwards like to do just a gentle movement exercise. And one of the things that's very supportive of integration is something called EFT or emotional freedom techniques. It's good for actually working with any strong emotion, you know, not wow. just breathwork integration. And so we offer those sessions also for, for, for subscribers. They're free. They're, they're wow. included. And even if you're a non-subscriber, they're, they're either free or they're just a few dollars. They're, sure, they're almost sure. nothing. So, right. so we try to give people as many options as possible to make sure they can fully integrate their experience. We have uh, access to by email if they need support the next day or that evening or whatever, and we get back to them. Mm -hmm. So we really create the best structure possible in this right. online modality so people feel safe and get whatever support they need both before the session and after the session. Perfect, good, good. I had another question I was gonna, oh, there we go. Your <laughs> neurodynamic uh, facilitator training, you guys are open for that right now. Do you wanna talk about that? Yeah, that's, um, we, we had so many, I was actually not originally planning to do a facilitator training, but there were so many people that were getting such amazing benefits and they kept asking me, I wanna do this for people in my life. Yeah. I wanna be able to lead these sessions. Right. Can you please set up a training? So, yeah. You know, so of course you always listen, right? To people who right. are, so, so we set up a training. Yep. And it's a six month training program. It's online. And you know, it's a combination of experiential things. It's a combination of uh, homework and of in-person sessions, um, you know, three weeks out of every four. And then at the end, there's one final in-person week as, yes. as the final thing to do before graduation, the right. certification. Right. And it's just been this amazing experience to watch people grow yeah. through their facility. And, you know, you've seen it with, with Jonathan. Yeah. How people shift when they start to be trained in how to hold space for other people, how to be present with other people right. without being pulled by your own emotions. Right. You know, how to, how to create these workshops, how to uh, bring it into their lives in a way where they're going to get the benefit and, and be able to have this impact, not just on the people you work with, right. but on their families and on their friends. And it just kind right. of radiates right. out to, to hundreds and thousands of other people. Yeah. And it's been this amazing journey. So we're now um, in the process of uh, yeah. um, taking people on for our next facilitator training, which um, starts the first part of next year. And on the website, if you look at the top tabs, there'll be mm -hmm. one that says facilitator training. So if you want more yeah. information on it, it's very reasonably priced and we try to make it available for everybody and, you know, would love to have you uh, apply. Yeah. And it's, it's very, very thorough and in depth. It is like, it is your guys is like how much time and effort you've put into every detail of it, at least for Jonathan's, uh, right. you know, report and just like all the exercises the personal exercises um it's great it's fantastic and, from what i've seen basically what we've done is we have um three uh teachers mm -hmm. to teach the program mm -hmm. and between the three of us yeah. we've had something like 40 years of breathwork experience and we've worked with tens of thousands of people wow. and basically we've taken all of that learning and put it into this six month course. So you're, yeah. so you're getting the benefit of uh, 40 years of experience and working with thousands of people 
and you're having it all distilled into this you know, six month learning experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, okay, let me, let me think. Um, so we're getting towards the end here. Um, words of wisdom for our listeners, last, um, last thoughts. Um, maybe, maybe just, yeah, share anything that you want to, and then maybe, maybe share with the person something um, off the top of your head that maybe feels like they're on the fence about breath work and they're not sure. And, oh, how about the skeptic? That's good. I think that's good. Cause I was, I was very skeptical of breath work. Well, <laughs> yes. So two things, first of all, for the yeah. skeptic. Yes. I'm definitely a skeptic myself. Yeah. I have a science background. And when people originally even told me about this mm -hmm. kind of inner guiding intelligence, I'm going, give me a break. <laughs> what are you talking right. about? Right. Show me the evidence. It's like, what do you mean? Right. Mm -hmm. And show it to me on the brain scan. Mm -hmm. Where is it? Mm -hmm. And obviously you can't show it to someone. Right. So. I totally came from that whole school of, okay, prove it to me. I don't believe it. Right, right. And it took for me to see really hundreds or thousands of people having mm. these experiences that there was no other explanation for right. other than that existed. And now there's even, I've done more research, there's even theories and hypotheses in quantum wow. science of how this actually works. Right, wow. You know, so, so science is kind of catching up. Right. And, but I was totally skeptical at first of, of this type of thing. And, but really, no matter how skeptical you are, ultimately, it's a question of keeping an open mind to everything. Sure. I mean, that's how I live my life. Even Absolutely. if my mind is going, I don't even know, I always right. try it for myself. Right. And ultimately, don't even, you know, take what I say or, or sure. what I says. Because right. ultimately, those are our experiences. And ultimately, just give it a try. That, right. That's what I would tell skeptics. It's two hours out of your life. Right. You know, you have very little to lose and an immense amount to gain because right. thousands of people have had their lives completely transformed through breath work. Yeah. Not thousands, probably millions if you include all the different kinds of breath work. Right, so right. Breath work. Yeah. So, it, you know, it is much more mainstream now. It's considered less uh, yeah. woohoo because of all the books that are coming out about it. Mm -hmm, you know, all mm -hmm. the science that's starting to be created around it. So I just encourage you just keep your mind open yeah. and give it a try. And okay. really just in terms of, of a parting message or whatever, mm -hmm. your brain is the most amazing thing that's ever been created in the universe. It has amazing potential. And the only reason it doesn't realize its potential is because some of these mechanisms of mind where we create our own limitations. Right. We make our decisions when we're growing up about what we can to do, what we can do. And we do it from the structure of a five-year-old child. And, you know, many people who are in mental health mm -hmm. describe mental health as how open your field of possibilities is. Wow. The more open it is, the healthier you are. And right. as we get older, we keep closing up our field of possibilities. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say you uh, take an art class and you aren't any good. You make a decision. I'm bad at art. That's it. It's done. Right. It's totally. over. Right. Um, and, and you keep limiting your possibilities more and more and more until you have a very range of possible, very small range of possibilities, not only in doing things, but even in, in your reactions. Right, right. You only have one way to react to things. Right. Like you don't respond. Responding is being in the moment, 
taking it vertically and seeing what's an appropriate response to right. that specific situation. Reacting is just letting your brain react automatically from, from what happened in the past. Right. And just assuming that what's happening today is exactly the same way as what happened in the past. Right, right. So really the basic wow. message is, if you can start to do some work in really getting behind these stories, these limiting stories that you've created for yourself, mm -hmm. that's stopping you in one way or another from really fully manifesting your dreams, that's available in breathwork. And that's the only reason, for instance, I was able to develop this neurodynamic breathwork online. Because mm -hmm. if I hadn't gotten behind those original stories right. that my mind was telling me about why I couldn't do it, you know, I wouldn't have been able to influence already over almost 50,000 people from 120 different countries. Wow. I wouldn't have been able to make a difference in the world in that way. Right, right. So it isn't just for me, and it isn't just for you, but it's for everybody has their own unique talent, their own unique skill based on their set of experiences mm -hmm. that only they can bring into the world. Right. So when you don't go through the process of really opening up your field of possibilities, of doing your own work, it's not just you're doing yourself a disservice, but you're doing everybody around you and around sure. them a disservice too, because you're really not getting in touch with your ability to bring your unique gift to the world. Right. And, and really making a difference in their lives and in everybody's lives that interact with them. Sure. So basically just do the work, yeah. do your inner work, you know, <laughs> right. see what's going on, respond, don't react. And whether it's breath work or something else, Take time out of your life to, to do practices to see what are your unconscious thinking patterns? What's really mm. running your life and how can you shift them and reopen up this amazing field of possibilities that's available to everybody. Our brains are these creation machines and they can create any kind of life you want if you just give them the chance. Yeah. Yes, I love it. Yes, thank you. And we've been... I feel inspired. Hopefully everyone who listened to this and participated and whichever part of the talk today feels inspired to, you know, try breath work, um, whether they've done it lots of times and they want to come and have an experience with you or, you know, that, that skeptic like I was. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've been privileged and honored with your presence and your plethora of information. Um, thank you so much, Michael, for being here. We're so happy you joined us. And um, yeah, any last words before we sign off? Um, just thank you so much for allowing me oh, to yeah. do this talk and for allowing your you know, listeners to be able to hear, mm. hear what I have to say. And I just, uh, again, just like I say, with it's like in breath work. I, People sometimes ask me, well, how often should I do breath work? Mm. Should I do it once a week or twice a week or right. twice a month? It's, I always recommend to people, don't have someone else tell you that. Look mm. inside. See what feels right to you. When, when, it's, when it's time yeah. for the next session, if you really start to listen, you'll know and you'll start to develop that pathway to this amazing mm. inner guidance, inner intelligence, so it comes more naturally in your life. Totally. And so after you've heard this talk, just close your eyes and take a look. Does, is this something that has some resonance with you, where you see a possibility for yourself? Mm. Where you see an area of your life where you don't feel fully expressed, or where you feel like you're held back in some way? And if you do, go for it. If you don't, it doesn't resonate with you, then it's not for everybody. Right, right. So it's really just trust your own guidance. Start, start to trust yourself more. 
start to try to connect more with your own creativity, your own intuition. Mm -hmm. And just breath work is an amazing tool to open up and strengthen that neural pathway. Yes. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, and for all the listeners um, or the viewers, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. If you have any questions, um, feel free to contact Michael through his website. Yeah, that works. Yep, through his website. Yep, totally. Yep. And um, as always, remember why you came here and I'll see you guys next time.